Hey everyone, before we get into the episode today, we wanted to share some exciting words from our new sponsor for today's episode, Griffin Gaming. GriffinGaming.co.uk is your one-stop shop for all things Shatterpoint, and they're gearing up for the newest release of the new squad packs arriving on the 26th of January. The fearless and inventive squad pack features Luke Skywalker, Leia, Lando, and Bar2D2 as they infiltrate and attack Jabba's palace. The squad is highly mobile and is looking to quickly beat down foes while controlling them through conditions and attrition. The Fear and Dead Man Squad Pack features another incarnation of Darth Vader, accompanied by his stormtroopers. Now this box is all about letting Vader shine as he brings a unique identity to the game. It fundamentally shifts how you and your opponent view activation order, and the units hit hard and offer some very interesting synergies in order to take down their foes. So whether you're a diehard Star Wars fan or are just looking for a new and exciting tabletop game to play, check out Star Wars Shatterpoint at griffingaming.co.uk to make your online orders. The physical location will also be hosting learn-to-play events regularly, so you can swing on by and learn to play before you buy in. We're all super excited about additional releases for Star Wars Shatterpoint, and the introduction of the Rebel Alliance and the Empire is amazing. So again, check out griffingaming.co.uk so you can jump in and play Shatterpoint. You can also use the code HelloThere5, that's all lowercases with the number 5, to get an extra 5% off their already discounted prices. Again, it's griffin.gaming.co.uk. Hello there. ourselves to the Jedi. At last, we will have revenge. Hello there. Welcome to a podcast about Star Wars Shatterpoint in the Star Wars universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined by two special guests today, Sith Emperor Kevin and Daimyo Matt. Kevin, how are you doing? Doing great today, Jesse. Thanks uh, for asking, having me back on here. It's good to be back with the Hello There Bros. We're excited to have you back. And of course, Matt, first time appearance on the show. How are you doing today, Matt? Excellent. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to have this because this is our first Ultimate Producers Roundtable. And shout out to Grandmaster Griffin, who can't be here, but Griffin is on a different time zone than us. And he said he doesn't think he can make Adepticon, but he wishes us the best. And so Griffin is with us here in spirit. But with that said, you guys got to know who Kevin and Matt are. So Kevin, give us a quick summary of maybe some of your gaming background and or what you like to play in Shatterpoint. That could take a while, but I'll keep it brief. So... My background with gaming is mostly done the Middle Earth strategy battle game. That was that's kind of been my go-to game. I got into that as a kid, didn't play it for a number of years, and then got back into like the competitive scene around like 2015. I'm part of a great group here, the Chicago Hobbit League. A lot of excellent people, excellent players. So that's most of my gaming background. And then did MCP for the last couple of years. I got into it a few years ago and had a blast with that. And then of course through that was introduced to Shatterpoints and you know Star Wars is my first love when it comes to anything sci-fi fantasy even beyond lord of the rings you know it started with star wars so hearing about this game coming out being skirmish based the models looked gorgeous it was everything i ever wanted so yeah it's been excellent i mean the journey so far has been a ton of fun met a lot of really great people great communities here with the discord communities and particularly drawn to the dark side as my title might suggest here big palpatine fan always going to be the favorite of star wars so always going to shout that guy out in terms of like stuff drawn to in Shatterpoint right now, it's Empire, and we got more Imperial releases coming, and I know we're going to touch on that, but Empire all day, every day for me. Excellent answer. Matt, what about you? What's your history with gaming and the things that really 
call out to you and Shatterpoint? So I, I started in gaming largely with trading card games, especially Magic the Gathering. I've been playing that since the late 90s and then got into 40K a bunch. Actually, right after college, I opened up a game store and friends of mine got me into 40K, started playing that really competitively, had played that from coast to coast and kind of just walked away from that a little bit and then was into Legion a lot. And as I moved a little bit farther away from my Legion play group and then COVID happened. So everyone kind of dropped off a little bit. And then right as I would, you know, everything was kind of coming out and opening back up. A buddy of mine mentioned Shatterpoint maybe two weeks after the release. And I picked up a box and Googled how to find stuff about Shatterpoint and stumbled upon this podcast and started with just the, the core box and this podcast and now I'm at the point where I'm really working to help grow a lot of our local communities. I travel to some local stores and host events and bring, I'm now, now I've gone crazy with a 3D printer. I have 11 printed tables and I've just been going around helping stores run events and get communities up and going. So it's been awesome. And probably for play style, obviously by the Daimyo tag, I've always been kind of drawn to this people who skirt the line between good and evil that like the Han Solos, the bounty hunters, the scoundrels, the people who kind of do whatever. But I like Republic a lot. I wanted to play Republic coming into the game. Obviously, the play style is a little less of what I want to do. So I've been playing a lot of Separatists. Most of my good games have been Separatists. And then in my local community, Scott Evil Houdini is part of the, the Patreon group. Him and I both play a lot of Separatists. So we've been kind of tuning it really well. So... Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now with Shatterpoint. So, and super excited for Ewoks. So, it's awesome to hear your story, Matt, because I knew Ke a lot of Kevin's story already, but hearing how you got into this game and finding the Lothar community is great. So, we're really happy to have you guys here and what you put into this show and this community surrounding this show. We couldn't do it without you. That's what this is. This is a producer's roundtable. Not only are you guys going to get to know Kevin and Matt, but we had this fun idea when Amon's out that. All of us are going to Adepticon. <laughs> so we were saying, okay, well, let's start getting these conversations going now of framing our practice, framing our hobbying, and framing our plans and preparations, quite honestly, for Adepticon. How we can do best at these competitive ranked events, but also how we can have the most fun at these unranked events. And I know Kevin and Matt are on the same page when it comes to that and Amon. So we thought today, why don't we document this live on there? Gonna have an organic live discussion about how we're gonna approach Adepticon and how we're gonna like enjoy it to the best level. What do you guys think about that? Sounds great. Pretty excited. Well, I'm very excited about it too. And before we do that, we have some people to thank. Hello there is affiliated with Mr. Laser at Mr-Laser.square.site, your number one resource to pick up Shatterpoint pre-orders, Shatterpoint trays. And of course, we mentioned the Ewoks, we mentioned the Rebels and Empire coming to the game. All these pre-orders are on Mr. Laser's website right now. So make sure to grab those while you can with the code hello there 5 to get 5% off his already discounted rate. So I've already got my pre-orders placed with him for Ewoks. Good to go there. And as Kevin alluded to, we have some Empire on the horizon. So I'm hoping in the coming months when we get the reveal dates of the next Empire and Rebels stuff. Of course, that'll be immediately on Mr. Lay's website and you can snag that. But Matt mentioned Terrain and hello there is also affiliated with Imperial Terrain, the number one resource for all Shatterpoint Terrain. If you want to print a bunch of tables of terrain for your local community, definitely check out Imperial Terrain. I'm really enjoying that new pirate set that Imperial Terrain has. And you can use the code HelloThere5 as well on that website to get 5% off your digital files and start printing today for your local community. Last but 
certainly not least, the most important of all, our patrons support us at patreon.com slash lowtheircast. If you enjoy the show, consider supporting us and joining the Patreon, which gets you access to the private Discord community. We take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. I'm going to wait till Amon gets back to thank the new patrons because it only seems fitting because it is the nature of the shout out. But of course, we do have to thank our producers and ultimate producers. Shout out to our producer, Bounty Hunter Brady, and our ultimate producers, two of which are here, Sith Emperor Kevin, Grandmaster Griffin, and Daimyo Matt. Thank you guys all so much for making this show run and helping us get to events like Adepticon. Well, now that we've talked about our sponsors and all these people that are making this trip happen for us and for Amon and I be able to cover this event, we got to jump right into the event. So getting back to Adepticon, guys, Amon and I covered all these events. I think the first question I've got to ask before we even talk about maybe travel preparations, things like that, are you guys planning on being Adepticon the whole time? Kevin, what's your plan? Start to finish, open to close, all day, every day. (laughs) All gas, no brakes. That's basically how Adepticon's going to be. Perfect. Matt, what about you? Same. And uh, as our kind of pre-chat was, uh, Kevin informed me that the hall is opening Wednesday at noon. So now I think I'm going to get there even earlier than I originally planned. (laughs) My plan was to get there Wednesday by dinner, but now I'm thinking I'm going to get there Wednesday by like brunch so I can... Yeah, you are. Get to the get to the hall as quick as possible. So great answers, fantastic. Well, obviously, with that comes what events are you guys planning on playing? And which we can get into the nitty gritty of that later. But just real quick, pass. Are you guys playing in any other game systems than Shatterpoint? I am not. Nope. As soon as I saw the list, the event list that they were going to have featured at Shatterpoint, I think it exceeded. I don't know if I could speak for everybody, but maybe I can. I think it exceeded even my expectations. I didn't expect AMG to have this full like width of events i agree you know for this year at adepticon i thought maybe we'd get a couple scattered things here and there but seeing all of it there it got me really excited and you know wanted to sign up for all of it so uh i'm in everything everything perfect what about you matt ditto for lack of a better a, a word uh, absolutely doing all the events um i had thought about some other events kind of same thing didn't know you know knew there was going to be one primary premiere event and figured i would just fill in some stuff or some demos or things like that but this event schedule is awesome having something to do every day that is related to shatterpoint is just amazing it's great absolutely i agree with you guys on a third account i am part of every event and so is amon because we just decided when we got into adepticon actually you know successfully got our tickets very exciting day because this is the update for the listeners too we were like we're in here our intention was to play as many events as we can. So we're just, we're going to sign up for all of them. Right. And with that, I'm impressed with the breadth of content, like Kevin said, that AMG provided us, but also the variants, I guess. And I think you were hitting at this too, Matt. We might have assumed that they were obviously doing the premiere event and then some sort of team event. That's what they've done with other game systems in the past, like Marvel Christ Protocol. But Kevin, as you mentioned, like right out the gate, Every day, something major to do shocked me and excited me. It's absolute insanity. You know, shout out to AMG for not only doing that, but getting all of us so excited to sign up for events that we don't have a rules packet for yet, like frenemies. And I I know we're going to get into the details, but we don't even know what these events are going to look like. We're just so excited to participate in all of it. So it's exciting to see how quickly that filled up. I absolutely agree. And what's fun with that is that's kind of the lens we're approaching this through today, which is we don't, you don't want to be 
caught unaware where it's like you want to be prepared for this event as best you can, but at the same time, we don't have all the information right now. So a lot of this is going to be through the lens of just doing our very best, which we have in front of us and talking organically about what comes up from this and maybe ways that if you're going to Adepticon, ways that you can plan and set up the best event for your for yourself to have the most fun or even maybe to do well competitively if that's your goal. So starting with that thought, Matt, is there something you'd like to start in the way of like preparation? Do you have any ideas or questions we could start with? One of the interesting things for me is the idea of I want to be flying to this event. And it's not the first event I've flown to, but it's the first event I'm going to fly to with models. And yet in the past when I've flown, I've borrowed models from people local. And I've gone to Adepticon and I've always driven. So I'm kind of interested with the idea of flying with models for the first time, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. So I did my first flying with models this past year. I did a couple flights. So it was a new foray for me as well. And I will definitely say for me, what's worked the past year in particular is magnetizing your models and having some sort of personal item sized magnet carry case. And that's basically the number one way you can guarantee no damage happens to your models. And that's not even a guarantee. Something could still happen with turbulence or whatever. But through doing that, not only do you have this as a personal item that's just with you the whole time at the airport, which that's a guarantee, right? Also makes TSA easier and can just sit at your feet and the models can be magnetized. And you basically just know, you know, the way you position them in there, you should be good to go. And also the best part of that, I think, about the personal item for me is I don't have to put it in an overhead compartment, right? Which is also kind of a danger zone, even though it's clearly safer than checking your bag, right? <laughs> but it is a danger zone because it could be one of the situations quite frequently we see on the plane where they have to rearrange bags or people have to stuff in a couple more bags in the end. And, you know, all of a sudden you've got this bag full of miniatures up there getting crunched at the back, right? And maybe these are miniatures you spent hours and hours and hours painting or getting commission painted. And, you know, you need this for the event, right? Yeah, And I think a problem that all three of us are going to have that's probably going to come up on the show a lot today is what models are we bringing and how many are we bringing? So I also think that kind of doubles down on this feature for me, which is find a bag that works for you that you can carry on a personal item size for your flight. The ones that have worked for me the past year were the A-Case, the A-Case Messenger, and the A-Case Victory. And that's the route I'm going. I don't know if that's something that you could do or you have a case like that but that would be my initial recommendation you know i knew the idea of not checking it carrying it on i i already have i use the battle foam magna rack already and i have one of the smaller bags but it's not it's the really small one that isn't going to get me the number of models that i think i want to bring okay so as we talked about before like the a case i'm already kind of eyeing up and and you would made a really good point previously that make sure whatever airline you're flying on, you double check the dimensions for the personal item. Yeah, I know you said the TSA approved, but every airline gets a little different on size. So, and I might even go to the point of, obviously they're magnetized, even stuffing something, anything light kind of just in there to give a little extra shock absorbing feature. Yeah. Just to be extra safe. I mean, obviously I'm going to bring like in my check bag, I'll bring, and it's a gaming convention. There's, someone's going to have glue, right? Yeah. There, there could always be the last minute surgery if we have to, when we get out there, but yeah, I'm just trying to, that's probably the biggest nervous part of this whole thing is figuring out how to get everything out there. Cause I want to bring as much as I can possibly pack. 
because I, I just want to have every option in the world for some of these more, especially for some of the more fun events and even yes. like getting games in outside of the tournaments. Obviously, there's the league going on, which we're not really sure exactly how that's going to run, but I just want to have options. I, I don't want to be kind of shoehorned into having to play my competitive list for four and a half days, basically. I agree completely. Yeah, I'm in the same boat and you guys know I love everything in Star Wars and everything in this game. So for me, it's very, I'm also torn as well, but hopefully through this conversation today, the three of us and then the listeners as well can kind of get an idea of what they want to plan for these events and start kind of like, for lack of a better term, Tetrising your cases, right? And, and figuring out what you can do, or maybe you do need to drive, right? Some people might be on the fence about driving or flying, things like that. So yeah, a lot of options, but I would say magnetizing is the safest way just possible and highly recommend it. And also the A case in particular, like I said, it is TSA approved. And what's cool about that is it's also very easy to just unzip it and show them. And there's no like the problem with some foam cases is you got to pull out the foam for them and then you got to start pulling out models sometimes and stuff. And you're just adding layers and layers on your travel. And, you know, and the, the cool thing about the TSA is even if they stop you, which, you know, they frequently will, they just unzip and they're like, and they're like, what are you doing? You're like, I'm going to a gaming tournament and these are my pieces for it. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, they just zip it right back up. So, because the zipper is right on the front, it's really easy to get to everything. So that would be my initial pass with that. But Matt, you were saying before we started this episode that you've been to Adepticon a lot. Kevin, have you been to Adepticon in the past? Yes, I have gone every year. Well, starting in 2015 was my first time. And then I've gone every year with the exception of one, not counting the two that they were not active for the early pandemic days. So probably like four, is that four or five in like the last eight or nine years, something like that. So I've been to it a few times. It's a great convention, lovely place, great hall, tons of fun. Matt, how many times have you been to Adepticon? This will be number six for me. I've always gone for 40K and actually a random game while with Exodus when it was owned by Battlefoam, actually had the game originally and then sold it to European company. But I went there for that the one year. Well, you guys are gonna be the experts today, not me, because this is my first Adepticon, though I've been to many cons, whether it's gaming cons or things like Star Wars Celebration and stuff, right? So I think some of our con rules that we've talked about on this very feed and we'll talk about today can definitely be applied to Adepticon. But let's just start there before we get into our events. How are you guys preparing for this con? So Kevin, I guess we haven't touched on it yet. Your travel, not as far, right? You could say that. Uh, my travel is very light. Not much of a commitment. I don't have to deal with anything. You all have to do TSA and all that. Nope. Just right up the road from me here in uh, little old Chicago. Got a hotel room, maybe like a mile or so away from Renaissance Hotel and Convention Center there in Schaumburg, where this is being held at. I'm going to be staying there Wednesday through Sunday just to make life easier for me. So probably just, I don't know catch a ride with someone, take a lift, whatever gets me up to the Schaumburg area. And then you'll pretty much find me all day and night at the convention hall starting at 1 p.m. on Wednesday. I double checked. It's not noon. It's tw uh, 1. So if anyone okay. wants to show up for some open gaming. 1 p.m. Wednesday, you can find Kevin. So with that in mind, your travel's a little bit lighter, but what are you doing to prepare for the con? And Matt will come to you second after this. Since you guys have been to Depticon so many times in the past, have there been do's and don'ts for you, Kevin? <laughs> yes, actually, I've learned the hard way many times. Some of the early ones, uh, yeah. the first couple, I think, if you haven't been to a con before, the hype, the excitement, the thrill, it's it's intoxicating, right? It's, it's yeah. so much fun, and there's just so much energy and activity 
and it feels great. And you just kind of get swept up in it. At least that's how I've felt every time I've gone. Um, and I've had to learn over the years to kind of like temper my uh, activity levels, for lack of a better word, because the burnout is real. Uh, and if you're planning to be there the whole time, it'll catch up to you quickly. So what I'm doing for myself now is like, I know I'm going to have a great time. I know I'm going to be at as many events as possible, but I'm going to try to take things slow. And it's like, even now I'm trying to be intentional about getting better with like my eating habits and my diet, just because the temptation to just eat garbage at the convention, that's right there. That's something I've done in the past and that doesn't sit too well with me. So I'm trying to like build better habits now so that when I'm there, I can be more intentional about, okay, like, am I getting lots of water, right? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I eating the right things so that my body will have the energy it needs to like carry me through this weekend? Cause it is a commitment. Um, so those are just things that I'm trying to like start to think about now so that it's easier when that time comes. Right. And I'm not just thrown into it and scrambling to like, you know, make the most of it. Well said. Great advice. I've been planning similar things with my diet and stuff and I've got to get on that. I've got to get on that. So great, great suggestion, Kevin, and keeping me focused as well. So Matt, what's worked for you in the past and maybe what's not worked for you attending Adepticon? So, I mean, Kevin hit the nail on the head with one of them. Water. Refillable water bottle. Find one that you don't mind lugging around for four straight days because this is a marathon, not a sprint. When in doubt, drink some water. Hydrate. Make yourself do it. Food, you're absolutely right. You never wind up eating healthy. Sometimes you kind of forget to eat because you're running from round to round. I had a really good friend of mine who used to have a little trick. He used to always keep like some kind of hard candy, either like Dum Dums or Jolly Ranchers or something. Just if he ever felt like he just needed something that was just not water and he would just pop one of like a Jolly Rancher, it was wild, but it was a very good, very good, you know, competitive player and would always do great at these cons and hold up. So the other big thing is I've always found you kind of forget to sit down. You're on your feet playing and you spend a lot of time hunched over the table, right? Because you're looking down and it really gets to your back quickly. I try to force myself to sit down between rounds and even like during my round, if I see my opponents really thinking like, I'll sit down for like two minutes and just get off my feet. It just after by day three, you won't notice it day one. You won't really notice it day two. You're going to wake up Saturday morning and just feel like you're a 90 year old person who just got out of bed for the first time in a week. Everything's going to be stiff. And then with that, I kind of laughed about beforehand and I will absolutely do it. I always go buy like a $6 at CVS, like the, the shoe inserts just for a little extra padding on my feet. I know it sounds crazy, but wear good shoes and make sure you're comfortable because it's going to be a long day. That's some sound advice right there. Yeah, that is some very sound advice. Take notes. I'm writing it down. Don't bring new shoes, but don't bring old shoes, right? Oh, yeah, no. That's kind of like runner's advice, right? Don't bring a brand new pair of shoes that I've been broken in, but definitely don't bring like a pair of shoes that kind of like Matt was alluding to, the supports wearing away or something like that. But yeah, great advice. I, I think a lot of that can work for most people, but it does require a lot of like foresight and planning. Kevin kind of touched on this earlier, but the habits early is probably the easiest way to do some of this. But you know, if it's like you're drinking a lot of water and even walking a little bit in the weeks leading up to this major con you're going to, this could apply to any con, right? Especially a, a four-day con. Like I could say very similar things about Star Wars Celebration, right? Because you're standing and walking all day for four days in that con situation as well. And if you're not doing that in the weeks leading up to the con, your body's going to be kind of in shock, right? And on top of your mind, like Kevin said, the excitement, maybe even some of the anxiety of some of the 
competitive events that's coming up and stuff. There's just too much going on. So what you can reduce on the mental and physical load on the front end, highly recommend it in any way you can do that. I'm going to say the last thing to add to that is just because this is something that applies to me. And again, everyone is different, but you know, if, if you know your body, something that's worked for me and something that I just try to do uh, in general is bring some kind of over-the-counter medication like Advil, Tylenol, Excedrin. If you're somebody who's prone to, I don't know, muscle aches, back aches, headaches that come pretty regularly. That's something that is like outside of water and food. Like that is number three on my list. I make sure I have that ready to go just because there's nothing worse than waking up to a new day at a convention and then being like, oh, I have this headache that is just not going away. Ruins the mood, breaks your concentration. So keep that in mind as well. I do that as well, Kevin. I have these, I have my emergency meds, I guess is what you call it, like in my suitcase and I'll quickly transfer it to my gaming bag. But with that thought too, kind of picking back off of that, I'll also say if you're on daily meds, like I am like allergy meds and stuff, don't forget those. It sounds very simple, but you know, things you do normally at home, you're going to do at the con. And then on top of that too, when you get to the con, it's not a time to like try new things either, as crazy as that sounds. So let's say for instance, you're someone who drinks a certain type of coffee every morning, right? but you don't drink maybe a different type of caffeine or another drink or something. Well, the con is not the first time to start trying that. You know what I mean? No, you're absolutely right. If you're a coffee drinker, now is not the time to chug Red Bulls and Monster Energy drinks. Or or vice versa, right? Or vice versa. Right, or the other way around, exactly. Because your body will... Reject it. Yeah, I mainly get my caffeine from tea these days. And it's like, I think if I introduce, oh, you know, I'm in Chicago and I'm in this awesome coffee shop or something and I'm going to start doing this every day. It's like, that might work if you get enough lead time, but... That's not a thing to try event one of the tournament, right? And Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. just don't know how your body's going to react, especially after travel, right? And there's so many things that can happen already just with travel. Number one, dehydration and, you know, your legs aren't moving, right? (laughs) Whatever you're traveling. So there's a lot of things already, your body's already not happy with you with. So you've got to kind of find a way to get as close to normal that you can, because this is not normal, as Matt was saying. This, This amount of standing, walking, leaning over, physical activity. It's just not what you're used to typically unless you've been preparing for this. So, And I think the other way too is it's all just increments, right? So if you're just, in my experience, if you're drinking water and eating snacks all day, healthy snacks with high protein and stuff, that's the easiest thing to do. It's not even like something like, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. It's, well, it's been an hour. I need to eat and drink something, you know, (laughs) make myself do it because I got four days of this all day till the con hall closes potentially, like Kevin said. So it's just a lot of intentional mindfulness and stuff, right? And I think something that we talked about here on Hello There a lot was getting as much rest as you can. I think the same concepts with what I was talking about, maybe increasing your steps and your water intake in the weeks leading up to the event. I would say the same thing about sleep hygiene. I would say sleep normal or better than normal in the weeks leading up to it. And then of course at the con, it is so hard to do, especially someone like myself who's you know, I love these events where I get to meet the people of the community and, and socialize and all this, but sometimes you just gotta gotta say it's ten o'clock. I still gotta walk back to my room. I gotta get to bed because we got an event tomorrow, right? And also my body needs to recover from today. Yep. If you see me still hanging out of the hall at, you know, eleven thirty, twelve o'clock on Saturday that you know I didn't make it to top cut next day. Yeah. And you know, sometimes I'm not saying you can't do that. You can definitely do that, <laughs> right? But I'm saying maybe do that at the end, you know? Um, definitely don't do it at the beginning of the con and you know everyone's got different goals for con so this is not blanket stuff that applies to everyone but we're kind of approaching this the three of us through the lens of as matt said we want to sustain through all this we want to complete the marathon and the way you complete the marathon is by not overdoing it every day right and so 
at a baseline level, you've got to not overdo it. <laughs> you just got to not overdo it. And then you got to add all this prep as much as you can as well. And that leads to the prep of Shatterpoint and the mental load. So first of all, guys, let's talk about the fact that we're playing in all these events, the three of us. So let's start with day one, March 21st, Shatterpoint Frenemies. Matt, what are your thoughts on this event? Because we're all in it. So obviously, I'm curious what they're going to do in terms of uh, you know, giving you the different tags. Are they going to require that you play a certain pairing of tags? Are they going to say you have to play, you know, Empire and Republic, like an Empire list and Republic list, a Separatist list and a, and a Republic list, something like that? Or they're just going to say you can't play the same tag in each of your squads. You know, each squad has to be one tag. It can't mm-hmm. cross. Um, so it's kind of hard to really get deep into what you're going to play without knowing it. Obviously, there's things, you know, you start looking at the individual characters that are really good that in canon aren't friends, people who fight each other. And yeah, depending on how they do it, you've got obviously options. Vader kind of fits with a lot of people. Wolf fits with a lot of people. This is one that I'm not, I really want to see more of the mission packet for this. But there's definitely some options. I think it'll be cool to mix in some of the new ones. I hope they don't force you into certain pairings just because I could see a lot of very repetitive lists. I'd love to see if we can break things up a little bit and just kind of what we talked about before, you know, all right, one squad, everyone shares this tag and everyone in the other squad has to share a tag that cannot be in the first squad, I think would be the most logical way for them to do it. Yeah, I like that thought a lot. I think that makes the most sense as well. Because like you said, we want some variance as well and not just to see the same combos all day. This is a three-round event. It'll cut to top four, which is two more rounds. So it could be five rounds of this. So kind of crazy that we could have a five-round event. You could just be in a five-round event day one, even though it's like not one of those competitive ones. I mean, that's a lot day one, right, guys? Five rounds. So what are your thoughts on this event, Kevin? Pretty much in agreement with what you guys said when it comes to our speculation around it. I, I would hope that they would do the latter you know, Matt had suggested, which is just different tags for each squad, uh, just because it's not as restrictive, it's not as limiting, that'll allow the full range of models to be played. So that's why I feel like AMG is going to do that, right? I wouldn't even mind if it was literally just you ha- you play the boxes as they come, right? Obviously not having matching squads. So I don't know, the Dooku box and the Luminara box, right? You just yeah. play it as it comes. Um, or if you're playing something from the core set, you play it with the ones that they're traditionally paired with, right? So this is where, I don't know, I would totally play Anakin Dooku. Listen, Anakin Dooku gang needs to rise up because that is tons yeah. of fun for everybody. <laughs> for everybody. For the person piloting it, right? <laughs> not yes. the opponent. Yes. Maybe not. You guys have basically shattered everything that comes to mind for me they could do th- for this too. So we're really not going to do our deep list build on this. We, we are going to save that for more of the stuff that's more defined. But if you guys had a guess right now, Without even knowing the format necessarily, like what sort of list would you build for this, Matt? It depends on my approach. If I'm going there to try to be very competitive for this event, I'm starting with one character that I really think plays well with anything. Like I'm starting with your yeah. Vader type person, your CAD type person, your Maul, someone who just is a plug and play, Talzin, build their squad and then just figure out what is the best possible, the most complimentary squad you can fit in within the rule set to go next to them and really just rely on, this is my guy. And especially the biggest thing I always say going to any event 
when in doubt, play the thing you know best because a B tier model that you know really well is going to be better than any A tier model that you just picked up two games ago. So like if you're like, I'm a cat, if someone sits there and goes, I'm a cat player, I can recite every card, every word, you know, word for word on the card, then pick cat, build your perfect cat squad and just find the best compliment you can that fits within those rule sets. That's perfect, perfectly said. So that'd be kind of what we've talked about on the show, like more building around your anchor piece model and following the rule set to suit that anchor piece, right? So through Matt's example, if you want to play Maul as your anchor piece because you know Maul really well, you think Maul really works, you really enjoy Maul. Well, now through this frenemy document, presumably some light side characters or whatever it's going to be in your other squad, you're going to be building to supplement Maul in that list. Oh, yeah. And I I think you're honestly going to quietly see a lot of bounty hunters in general because, okay, obviously having payday, you have the ability to kind of actually be frenemy, like friends with your enemy there. So it's a quiet way to get sneaky to kind of make it a real full cohesive list. Look Um, at you already going that route. Yeah. I mean, Grant, I also, I, I love CAD. So it's, I, it is it is near the top of my list of characters that I would just start off any list with. Like I'm gonna play I'm gonna play a game tonight. Great. Uh, there are four people I'm just gonna throw in and just build everything else around. So I think you hit the nail on the head too. Daimyo Matt here, of course, <laughs> we're into the scum and villainy side of the galaxy. But if you got room in your AK or your box or whatever when you're traveling, probably should bring bounty hunters this weekend because I think they're gonna work in a lot of these events, especially the league. Oh yeah, for sure. It's definitely. Yeah. They're one of the more just versatile pick up and play for sure characters or models in the game in general. So I like that. I like that thought a lot. Okay. So we don't quite know what we're going to build for this, but I like this concept that Matt has. Kevin, do you have anything else to add on building for this format that you might try to do? Oh, I wasn't joking when I said Anakin Dooku. I'm like it. 99% certain that's what I'm running. It sounds Anakin terrifying. Has tons of fun and Dooku gives him the tools he needs to bring the fun to everybody. Eight force. That was a shred. He just wants all the force. <laughs> yep. You're either going to, I'm just going to have the force to just hop around and hit who I want with Anakin, or you're going to try and stop him and I'm going to get forced back that way. You know, it, I've tried it a couple times. It is just, it's silly. It's fun. Is it the most competitive? Who knows? There are better Anakin players out there than I am. And I, I've seen them do some pretty wild things with it. So I think that's what I'm leaning towards. Also, I have to factor in what I have painted versus what I don't. So. I don't yet have the whole range. So yeah, I think I'm going to lean towards something like that. Again, depending on the rules and what the wild shenanigans they try to introduce. But uh, yeah, I think I think that's where I'm at when it comes to this event. I mean, Kevin, I think you touched on something really interesting there. Like, you know, for you, it's goofy and fun. And I think that's a really good... I mean, not, not saying it, the list is goofy, but it's a good idea. If you're just not sure what to play for these casual events... Play something that's going to, f- and, and kind of find a way to have fun and like fit it within your own head And Like when are Anakin and Dooku teaming up for something? I don't know, find a cool way to make it work for you. So you're enjoying it even more for these events that are clearly designed to be, they restrict you because they want you to get outside your comfort zone and, and yeah. play something interesting. So I always find this a good pro- approach. Like when in doubt, just find a way to make it fun for you. Exactly. If you're having fun, your opponent's probably going to be having fun. And that's, I mean, that's just my take on these games in general is like, I always go into a game just trying to have fun for myself, have fun for my opponent. If we're doing that, you know, no matter the outcome, it's going to be a good time. 
right? We're enjoying these moments. We're enjoying these figures that we have painted. It's great. And Anakin and Dooku working together in Clone Wars was one of my favorite episodes of the cartoon. So I think there's some uh, non-lore-breaking synergy there. I like that a lot. I immediately think of like Dooku Mace from Tales, you know, Star Wars Tales. Speaking of Eight Force. Okay. So that's kind of our initial take on that event. We still got to learn more information about this event, and we will obviously cover it on the show when we get that information. But great points, guys. I'd love to try some of the things you're doing as well. I think it's going to be a similar concept for me that maybe Matt said, where it's I might just grab a primary that really speaks to me or that I want to play that I know well and build around that primary from the opposite side of the force or this document or whatever they build around it. right? And also, as Kevin said, it will be dictated what by what I have painted, but I do have most of the game painted now. So outside of the new releases coming, so time will tell. We'll keep an eye on this this event like with great interest. But closing out this day, and obviously this is more than just this day, but the one with the Force League, you know, over sixty people are signed up currently, and this is going to be the league that you can play all weekend. So I think this is kind of what Matt was hinting at earlier. Can I bring a lot of models with me? Because I want to jump around on lists. What is you guys' approach to this league? Matt, are you going to just play a different list every time you play it? Absolutely. My plan is to bring as much as possible and play. If I could play every single round in the league with a different list, I'd be super happy. This, I feel like this is the opportunity to <laughs> meet people in the community outside yep. your local area and just have fun. I don't want to be sh- like shoehorned into playing the competitive lists I bring in what is i think is going to be more geared as a fun event so that's why i want to bring as many models as possible with me i just want to play something different every time absolutely especially if this is like we don't really know how they're going to structure this league if it's going to be rounds at all i don't think it is it's going to be plug and play so i don't even know if the league will be in like the long shanks per se it might be more of like a pickup games and then you just turn in your slip or something you know like you got another game in type thing so i think Really, honestly, this could be a myriad of things. Obviously, they're introducing this deck, which is very akin to what Marvel Christ Protocol did at the League at one of the past cons as well, where you also get additional abilities to attach to characters like new force powers and stuff, one would assume. So we'll we'll see what happens. But I could also see this event, for me, being exactly what Matt's saying, where I play something different every round. But I could also see this event being a way to maybe also for me and maybe this is through the lens that kevin has too it's just an event that i'm going to force myself to play new things only or something so case in point maybe the empire or the ewoks where i'm just kind of guaranteeing that no matter what even if i'm not myself playing ewoks or empire in the premier events well i'm going to play them all weekend in this league in particular so that's kind of where my initial thoughts go what do you what do you think about that kevin jesse why not just play empire and ewoks do you right Jedi Hunter Vader and Murder Care Bears. Just that's a lot of pointy pointy sticks. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of anger, a lot of hatred there. So <laughs> something to consider. <laughs> no, I'm I'm pretty much in agreement with you guys. I think this league in particular is definitely the one where I'm treating it as just like, okay, let's play different things now that I haven't just I just haven't had the time to get the reps in, right? Because, you know, we're doing different leagues. We're competing we're trying to you know place high do well all that fun stuff and then i do love this event for this reason because i feel like it's just unrated unranked what it you know just casual is the word i'm looking for here it was escaping me yeah so it's a good chance to just play some different things i haven't gotten a ton of experience with mandalorians yet i've probably played them twice 
since the game came out. So I would like a chance to actually use all the Mandalorians together and see like what that, that looks like. So that's probably what I'm looking at. Yeah, it's just a great tool. Like this league will be a tool, right? Where it's, as Matt said, you can jump around or you could focus on a list for a couple games back to back that you never played. You could do various things, honestly. I mean, you could even take one of your primary lists and get really weird with it. Like everyone's saying, like maybe you're an Anakin player, but this is a perfect time to try Anakin paired with someone like Dooku or Cad or whatever it is, right? And get outside your comfort zone, but maybe you're still playing Anakin. A lot of options, right? So I think this is going to be the obviously the most flexible as the weekend goes on. Also, I think it's another way that hello there community members can just get pickup games too which is going to be great when events aren't going on so i'm really looking forward to that playing with some of you guys and just meeting people as matt said just getting to know the community at large right i think this is going to be one of the best tools to do so because if we max this thing out at 112 players that's be a lot of players meeting and having fun one thing i'm interested in how they're going to do is it something where you're going to have to find your own pairing? Are they going to have just, you know, hey, there's this is a list of people looking for games currently. Right. Um, I'd also like it to be something where I don't necessarily go in my list ahead of time. One thing that I've done as I've met people in my local community and trying to help get people into the game. And, you know, I am fortunate. I get a, I've gotten a lot of games in and sometimes I'll meet someone who's like, they don't play that often or they only get to play games occasionally. And I'll sometimes ask them like, Hey, what do you want? Do you have an idea on what you want me to play? Kind of like some people say, Hey, I've only, I've been playing against right. Republic for the last five games. My buddy only plays Republic. I'm like, great. I'm going to not play Republic or the opposite. Someone could say, yeah, I, I haven't seen somebody play Republic against me in a while. And I'm like, great. I'll play Republic. I don't care. I'm here to have fun. Or it also goes with competitive or not. I've helped TO events where. Yeah, I've, I've, I'll, I'll be quote unquote the buy, and you know, someone will get their normal buy points, and I'll just sit there and say, "Hey, well, I want you to get a game, and you came to get games in. What do you want me to play? A, t- a competitive yes. list, a fun list, and that's kind of. I hope you have that opportunity to have that conversation with your opponent rather than just sign up ahead of time. Because if someone comes up and says, "Like, hey, I'm practicing. I want to practice my competitive list for for Saturday," I'll be like, "Great, I'm going to bring something tough, and we're going to have a good practice game." Where they might say, hey, I just got the crap kicked out of me by Vader. You know, Kevin over here just beat me up with Vader for three games in a row. I'm like, great, I'm going to bring the least Vader thing I can find. Right. <laughs> perfect. You're right. You're right. That's a, You're right. No, that's a great point. I think that's actually perfect. Um, and I think that, wow, it'd be a missed opportunity otherwise if they didn't go go about it that way. Yeah, I, I, just to piggyback on what Matt said, it's, that's a great way to take it. Just making sure, yeah, because if somebody's played... I think the big thing that you said that kind of stuck out to me was like if someone and if you're playing a lot of games in person, right, and your local meta is maybe everyone is playing Vader, right, and you're sick to death of playing the guy, I don't want to be the person that shows up at this event hmm. playing Vader. Like that's just ridiculous. It doesn't matter how much I love the character, I, he's going in the bin, and something else is coming out that they maybe haven't had that exposure or experience with. I think that's an excellent point. You got options too, right? You can grow as a player as well. Like this event's going to go all weekend, right? So it's also like no pressure on, I got to get this stuff this time, right? And it's like, well, no, it's like, it's Thursday. I want a round of this in, right? What do you want to play, right? So I, I like this concept you guys are bringing out of talking to your for the game too, right? About how can we have the most fun and also just earn tickets together, right? <laughs> for the prize wall, which is fantastic. And so the league's going to go over really well, to be honest. If you want to have the most fun at this event, leave Django in the bin. <laughs> That's what I'll be doing. I love Kevin's takes here. It's, it's very good stuff. Well, I'm sure we'll see some Django 
starting with we're into Friday now, guys, March 22nd, the Shatterpoint team premiere showdown. If we're going off of the way Marvel Christ Protocol went last year, which one would maybe assume, maybe I'm incorrect in doing so, but that was a 32 team, 64 player sold out event for Marvel Christ Protocol that was very successful, that was ranked. But what's cool about it is I know Marvel in particular had a massive breadth of competitive and more casual players at this event. And I've heard from a myriad of people that this was their favorite event of the entire weekend. And I could totally see that for Shatterpoint. What are you guys' thoughts on the team event? And who are you ended up playing the event with, Matt? Yeah, so uh, so originally I was going to be playing with Scott Evil Houdini. Unfortunately, he's unable to make it. He's a local guy to me. Uh, so I posted in our Discord and our fantastic community immediately answered the bat signal. So I am playing with another Matt. We are combining our Matt powers. Matt Booker, somebody who actually I had played in the last round of our the regular, I guess the you know the pre playoff for Hello There season three. Had a really great game with him. He immediately when I posted, I'm looking for a teammate. Said, "Yep, I'll do it." So poor Matt is going to be stuck with me for the event. I'm already my mind's already going with some of the fun theme stuff we can do, but. Getting into the list idea, you know, this kind of, because I'm assuming the format is kind of, I think somebody posted it in the Discord, like an A, B, C, D. So player A brings, or player one brings list A and B, player two brings list C and D. You have to play every possible pairing, right? So I think it's, this kind of goes to the same build, just four individual squads that do the best by themselves. I think you're going to have a hard time Because even if you wanted to go, you know, something like Full Republic, you can get into some weird scenarios where you can get shoehorned into playing some, you have to play, obviously, a potentially really goofy pairing. Um, I know my starting feeling is kind of the same thing, like, and and I'm going to talk with Matt and say, hey, what are your characters you like to play the best? What are the ones I like to play the best? Yeah. And, And then just start there and just start figuring out what fits. And then... I think the hardest part for the list building is going to come down to the secondaries, honestly, because even if you're saying like, all right, we're not going to play something like Republic, we're going to play models we've talked about, right? Dooku, Vader, Cad, Maul, things like that. Well, Kevin's favorite Django immediately comes up as well, only one of us gets to play him and we're only going to see him on the table twice. Same with characters like OB2 and Rex, if you're playing, you know, anybody who's playing Republic. Rex is probably the best Republic character yep. across, always a staple. So only one person gets that. So it really comes down to where do you fit that? Like, I think those secondaries are really going to be where it gets kind of ticky tacky and some real creative list building is going to come in. Well said. Yeah, no, Shatterpoint is definitely looking like, and has kind of been the case for a while that the secondaries are quite often some of the most important pieces in the game, right? And, you know, time and time again, we see that in list building where we we see these powerful pieces and then players that play the premier format have really felt this, what Matt's talking about. I think the premier format's the most competitive way to play the game. And I think the premier pain comes in around the secondaries the most. So well said on that, Matt. So we're gonna have to keep an eye on the, the secondaries and the primaries that work for your team. And of course, the supports as well. And then we had a layer of hobbying on top of that. What's painted? What's not painted? It's a whole other layer to it as well. So, well, Kevin, you got to run us through your team and maybe some ideas you have for this format. Oh, absolutely. So I will be paired up with Brady, uh, Bounty Hunter Brady, our other producer. 
this has been settled for some time now. Um, <laughs> so definitely looking forward to the chance to obviously like we get to because I haven't met any of you yet, right? This is going to be an excellent chance to see everyone like we've said face to face with the hello there community um, that we've gotten to know over the last seven, eight, nine months, however long people have been a part of this. Um, but we are looking to play just what we're comfortable with, what we like, because at the end of the day, this entire convention, like I want to play things I enjoy um, because like we're all paying money. We're, we're spending time. We're investing resources to go to this and have fun. So play things that I like, play things I'm comfortable with. Um, and yes, things that we have painted. Uh, I know Brady really enjoys Dathomirians. So I have this strong suspicion that the two he brings are Mother and Maul. Um, what that looks like in terms of who has what still undecided i think that when it comes to list building options i do think mandalorians are probably going to excel here only because you can yeah like matt said you you play these mixed squads that's it yeah so you have to play the different combinations of squads right and so i think mandalorians work really well on their own but then of course they work well together so i feel like if there's a way where he is bringing like maul and i don't know gar and supermandos yeah. and then one of my two includes Bo and clan Cree. is like that's something i feel comfortable with because they could play well together they can play well separate um and then just figuring out who that last person is i think what we want to do with our primaries at least my my thought is i want two primaries that are like anti-attrition and then two that are well i get like i would say two that are more aggressive like frontlining right. characters and then two that are more reactive um so that idea being that like if he's going to have Maul, who can get in your face, get around the board, do what he wants to do, and then Tall's in on the other end of that, then I probably want to go in with Dooku and then somebody that can be more aggressive. So maybe that's Vader, maybe it's Anakin, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and then we have this interesting pairing where you can kind of pivot into, okay, if we know we're going to be paired against like this hyper-aggressive like Vader-Maul list, maybe that's where we flex Dooku and Mother Tall's in, right? Because you've got these two really strong reactive pieces that can help control the flow of battle. Or we want to lean more aggressive and you go Maul, Vader, whoever it is, Maul, Anakin. I think that's what we're looking at right now. That's really well said. I think we could lean on to some of the tenets we've applied in our own premier list building. It's kind of what I feel like you're getting at there, Kevin. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people that have seen success in the premier format list building have done the very thing you're talking about. They've kind of spread out their aggression and their control and their diceless displacement kind of in good spots where they kind of mix and match mix synergies and stuff like that and i think this format is a great way to test that and so that of course is going to lead to me and amon are definitely playing this event we are definitely a team and we have to land on similar places that you guys are and a lot of it's going to come down to what's painted and what we both want to play but i would be very intrigued if someone can do really well in this format and they can mix and match a lot, in particular light and dark, um, at least from a canon side of the like Star Wars, if they can make that work, because Matt, you kind of hinted at that maybe since you have to play every combination, that might be tough to pull off, but I'd be very, very intrigued to see if we could pull that off. But at the end of the day, too, I think I'm most excited about this event's also going to have the built-in painting competition and then the built-in team spirit presentation competition, which for me, just screams like a blast right it's going to be like a level of like star wars con fun mixed with gaming con fun is the way i would describe it and i'm hoping for that i'm hoping people kind of come either with some team spirit 
or some team costumes or maybe Listen, a Listen, my outfit's list. ready to go. There you go, Kevin. There you go. Themed list, right? I don't know. I, I, I've got I've got some outfits in mind too, Kevin, for sure. But yeah, I, I think you can have a lot of fun with that for sure. And I'm sure I'm sure you guys maybe have some thoughts on that as well. But Kevin's already got a costume or a Kevin's oh, already got oh, a outfit ready, ready to go. This will be the the fun one of who is going to be the most obvious. I was like, wait, uh, Matt, I'm going to keep Matt and I's theme a little under wraps here in terms of yeah. our costume because I think it's going to be fun, but it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be cool. I think we're going to have some fun. This is, I think the, the biggest missed opportunity would be if we don't get a bunch of photos for every, all of the people from the patron who are the patron who yeah. are there with teams like i think this is going to be a cool community day and be and just have all these photos <laughs> uh, that's what i want to see from this event i want to see our discord yeah. filled with a hundred photos of display boards of models of just people however they're dressed i, I think that'll be really cool yeah uh, method acting with their character outfits yep mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah perfect oh i can't wait i really do think this is going to be the best event of the weekend guys and because I think it's like the perfect level of competitive meets fun, meets theme, meets why we go to cons, right? So I really do think this could be one of the best events of the weekend, if not the best in a lot of ways. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So I think when it comes closer to time and we get the packet and they know exactly how list building goes for this, I think the list building will kind of come naturally for you and your teammate. But until then, we kind of got to wait on the document, I think. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, yeah, this is a little bit clearer than the frenemies option. So I think you get a, you have a little bit more ability to plan. There's going to be some amount of trying to figure out. I think the biggest struggle is going to be trying to figure out how many of the new things will fit in. And this goes to one of my bigger questions. And, and you guys who have played, especially, you know, looked at MCP and how AMG has run that at Adepticon. What is the cutoff? Have they announced what the cutoff is for what is going to be legal at the event? Based on street date? I believe it's whatever you have your hands on. If it's painted and assembled and you brought it and something came out the week before Adepticon, I feel like that's probably legal for the events. Yeah, that's how they've done Marvel in the past. It's obviously their street date, right? Where it's like if a particular model has street date of, let's say, the 15th, and you know, if the event's after the 15th, AMG's like, it's fair game, you know, every time they say that. So I safely could say if we have releases in March, in addition to all these releases in February, they could be out there in the wild if people can get them assembled and painted. I mean, that makes for some just really cool, you know, even the last minute opportunities to, to jam some stuff in. <laughs> Might, maybe Wednesday night turns into a painting night. Listen, I'll bring my contrast from home if there's some yeah, good stuff coming right. out. We'll just sit in the hotel room <laughs> painting on Wednesday. Yeah, that might be, that could be the audible plan if, uh, if you know, as I'm driving to the airport, I'm grabbing a grabbing the box from my local store and, and <laughs> assembling it in the airport. That'll be great. Now, well, I guess I can't do that because I have like a hobby knife and clippers. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're not TSA approved. Probably not. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> but yeah, really exciting on the possibilities this event could go. And it's really cool to hear you guys' thoughts on your plans. And I'll definitely have to, closer to the event, have to pry a little bit with you guys off mic about your team spirit ideas because i i really love not only all the hello their community to show out for this event but just the team event in general it's so much more fun these team events i've been to them before where people just even do a little bit of like dressing up or team spirit stuff and it just makes the event just so much fun you're like 
I definitely got my money's worth coming here. You know what I mean? So, oh yeah, this is the opportunity. This one is you get out of it what you put into it and go in with the positive attitude and having fun. And like, this is the point of this event is to just community and have fun. And you're just going to have a blast. I'm excited. I mean, obviously I've never, nobody has done this Shatterpoint team event. So (laughs) I mean, I would hope that we're not all horrifically off base on this, but I think it's going to be, this is going to be the premier point, I think of the weekend for sure. Yeah. I think we're all in agreement there. Um, I mean, they put it in there with the, like you guys have already mentioned with the uh, prizes and categories for this, everything kind of being centered around this team spirit, this, this fun, this creativity. Um, it's going to be exciting. I can't wait. Like I said, outfits ready to go. I can't reveal anything here on stream. I'd rather it be a surprise, but for sure. I'll look regal and I'll leave it at that. I love that. I'm all about the regal, Kevin. So <laughs> my me too. Very good. All right. Well, that's a little tease for Kevin's team. Very exciting. Well, we got to move on, guys, to the main event, March 23rd, Saturday, Premier Showdown Day 1. You know, we don't need to give away our list here and stuff, but I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on what's, what's going to be your approach for this event. Is it going to be different from the other events? Is it going to be the same? Is it going to be a mix and match of both? So, Matt, what's your take on this? Because this is the main competitive event. I mean, this is definitely more of the the gloves are off. I'm a big believer in the idea with premier list of kind of building two unique lists and just running two really good pairings. I'm going to be looking for a lot of the stuff I've been playing already that I'm comfortable with. I'm not going to get too creative and too outside the box unless, I'm, I, you know, obviously I, I'm excited for Ewoks I, once we see the rest of the box. Maybe I'll just try to jam as many games in as possible. But this is that same boat of even if Ewoks are great, if I'm just not feeling confident, I'll audible out of them and just not play them just because I want to make sure I'm putting my best foot forward. I'm putting the models I know. I'm putting just quality stuff on the table. And it, it's not even, you know, kind of as I said, the, the B tier model that you know, like the back of your hand is better than anything A tier almost always. So that's kind of where I'm approaching one also thing that I've always learned from playing competitive games and because everyone's coming in with the same competitive mindset, a lot of just, you know, taking some deep breaths, the energy, the nerves kind of get you. I also always like to talk with my opponent a lot during the game. I focus on, you know, we want to build community for this. We're not trying to be mean to each other. We're not trying to nitpick and rules lawyer, but make sure you and your opponent are clear. They're like, hey, this is a competitive game. We're here to do this. I'm a big believer of kind of talking out the intent of what I'm doing. So if I'm moving and I have no, I, I know I have plenty of space to get within two of the objective, but outside of two of your guy, I'm like, hey, I'm going to move to here. This is where I plan to be. Because in person, models get bumped, especially people are reaching, you're nervous, you're kind of jittery. Um, it's just being clear and concise with my opponent because the worst feeling, obviously losing is terrible, but if you lose and then you kind of feel like, man, I, I feel like I kind of got cheated here a little bit, or I feel like there are a little bit of bad beats, or I kind of got got you a little. So I'm going to go in with the mindset of besides playing my best game, I want to make sure I don't, I'm clear with my opponent. My opponent leaves win, lose, or draw with at least a good feeling that we had a good game. We were able to put our best, you know, our best effort forward and whoever, you know, whatever the force decides is who's going to win the game. So. Well said. Very well said. Yeah, I think the player contract and the intention are very sacred things when competitive gaming. And I think it's very easy to 
just state your intention and uphold the player contract. And I know, you know, there's a lot of layers to that, but I think if you can follow those layers, I think both you and your opponent will walk away from the game feeling like, man, I had a great competitive game and, you know, nothing was out of place. Nothing was off about it. And, you know, no one had any tilt or anything like that. I think that's always the intention of these premier like competitive events. And I think it will be the case at this one because it is sold out as 64 players. And these are people that are paying and traveling to be there and stuff. We're in a good place, but I also think it's very important that we do this one right because this is going to be the first premier competitive event in person run by the company that makes this game that we love so much. So this is the first of the first of the first. And I think this is going to kind of set the tone going forward. So I think it's really important to uphold that player contract and treat your opponent with the utmost respect and expect the same out of them, right? And so very well said, Matt, and worth bringing up around this event in particular, because you're right, the gloves are off, but with the gloves being off, just be clear with your opponent, right? And I think a lot of good will come from that through communication. So Kevin, what's your approach to this event in particular? I mean, Matt kind of nailed it. Like that's, when I think about this game or just competitive gaming in general, I'm somebody who does like to have a lot of fun. I'm somebody who is also a competitively minded player. Like I gravitate more towards that. And for me, the most important part is like that no one feels cheated, right? Nobody feels like there was a gotcha. I don't ever want to win a game in a competitive event on a technicality or something that was, you know, something like that, right? Yeah. So I, that's why I think it's just to echo Matt's point. It's, it's critical that you just talk everything out with your opponent. I do that in my TTS games all the time. I'm like, hey, I think I'm going to do this and I'm moving this person here and this. And you just talk it all out just because there are moments where we're like, I know when I haven't done that, um, I might know like, oh, this thing's in range of that. Maybe my opponent doesn't know that. It's just, you just save yourself a lot of trouble by just, articulating everything that's happening right as it's happening um just there's no confusion um i think that's great advice um i think going into this too as it's been said you know gloves are off we're all trying to give our opponents a great game and push ourselves to the best of our ability you know to succeed in this and that's definitely something i want to do as well so yeah i'm going to play the things that i know extremely well i'm going to play the things that i have the reps and experience with i'm trying to get a lot of that in right now i know i've probably talked to each of you individually about it, but I've been mentioning to people here and there, I'm really excited about new Vader. And so between now and then, I'm trying to get as many reps in as possible with him and the Stormtroopers because I love those characters. I love that box design. I'm so excited for Empire. That's probably something that's uh, going to be in my squad of four there, right? Or one of my four squads, I should say. So if I can get enough time and practice in, then new Vader for sure. Makes a lot of sense. It's on brand. He's strong. He's fun. Just got to get it painted before then, right? That's the idea. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. And once again, this is going to be the premier showdown rules. So a lot of options, like Matt said, you could go two and two. You could go anchor list and build around that where you have an anchor primary you're playing all the time and build around that. Yeah. I'm still not convinced what one is the correct choice. Like I yeah. Matt made a great argument and lots of people have, and I, and I see all the, the merits to it about having two pairs that are just really efficient together, but I also like certain characters so much that like I've fallen historically into that camp of like, this is my anchor piece. Everything else is going to be forced to work with him or them or whoever it is, you know? So if there's a way to do that, that's probably what I'll end up doing. It may or may not be the best decision, but that's what is more comfortable to me in terms of play style. Yeah. And a lot of it might be based off that secondary that Matt mentioned earlier, where it's, you know, if let's say I want to play Republic at this event. Am I just playing the list that has Rex every game? Possibly, right? So with that mindset, maybe it would be that anchor list, which has Rex and whatever primary. 
and that's kind of the foundation of my my core. And then I kind of go from there. So yeah, time will tell on this. I think this is going to be so exciting because this is the first competitive major Shadowpoint event ever. And also we're going to have two to possibly three months of new content from 2024 of boxes that are going to be making a showing at this event, I presume, right? So we're going to see some new models at this and have to think and be competitive on the fly, which really interests me a lot as a player and obviously as a lover of Star Wars. More variety on the table at a you know competitive event at the beginning of the year, welcome it. You know, I think it's be very exciting. So I'm sure there'll be people running Empire and Ewoks, Master Plo, things like this, which you know kind of just came out at the time we'll be at Adepticon, right? So I just can't wait. Yeah, I'm rooting for those people who are gonna play those things that came out within the last couple of weeks before Adepticon, and they're like, you know what, I'm bringing this. We're showing up to the the main events, and we're gonna make it happen. It's it's a double-edged sword, right? Because you're going in with something that maybe you don't have a ton of reps with, but you're also your opponent's playing something they don't have any practice into. So I feel it's it's kind of a wash. It's not it's not really a consequence either way, right? So I agree. you yeah. So I'm excited for whoever's gonna do that. I hope somebody just steamrolls with Ewoks and we end up crowning them champion at the end of Sunday. Kevin, you, you wanna be playing the Empire. Uh you're we're in it the window of empire releases maybe that's going to be you the guy just grabbing the box that came out five days earlier and like oh yeah. great empire this is you know maybe inferno squad comes out before that you're like oh my god and you know emperor servant and in and Iden verso and this is just oh, this is it please. and it comes out you're you're the guy there when you know friday night wet thursday night wednesday night frantically black contrast painting to get three colors on yep. and you're, uh, you're going to watch me throw the earlier day events so I can finish playing sooner to get back and paint. Yeah, for sure. I love it. If, um, if Gideon comes out before uh, Death yeah, that's happening. Gideon Vader all day. Let's do it. There's two things I kind of would be curious to see, and maybe this is the conversation post Adepticon. So one obviously is: is there going to be something that just nobody saw coming that? You know, somebody took one of these models that we're that, you know, constantly gets kind of put on the back burner, put on the back burner. And I'd love to see, I'd love to see something unique in the top eight. We just had a local tournament and we, we market, we, we kind of aimed it at a casual tournament. We had every model represented at the tournament and we all, you know, we had only 10 players. So that's basically a top eight, right? I'd love to see a lot of depth in the top eight, but I'd also think it'd be really cool if somebody gets to the finals, the quarterfinals, semifinals, like somebody gets in there with something outside the box completely. That would be excellent. You say that, and my mind immediately went to, man, I really want Asajj to be up in the top. Maybe I'll just switch back to her. I need a fourth character, so hey, there's some possibility. And the other thing that I'm thinking of is, and this is kind of something that, again, me being somebody who has tinkered a lot with terrain, this is going to be, I think, our quietly our first opportunity to see what AMG thinks competitive terrain should look like on a table, I assume. Because up to this point, tables at cons are like what the TOs can put together, right? I saw the pictures from Nova and stuff, and I was at PAX Unplugged in Philly, and it's what Imperial Terrain brought and kind of their idea. It's a mix of some of the core set boxes and stuff. But I'm assuming AMG's providing all the terrain. So we're really going to get a, a picture of what AMG thinks terrain for a table should look like. Is it going to be perfectly symmetrical? Because in real life, battlefields aren't symmetrical always. So I, I'm, that's it's one of those things that obviously has very little to do with 
the actual planning for the tournament, but it's something I've been curious about. And I think this is going to be our first opportunity to really see it officially. Yeah, I like that thought a lot. Good. You bring up a lot of good points. I'm not really sure the way AMG is doing it. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be 100% them or it's going to be TOs with AMG approval or, or you know, they give the verified check on it, you know, after TO set it up. I'm really curious because I definitely don't think we've scratched even the surface of terrain possibilities in this game, terrain variability. I definitely think we should have some really dense boards out there. We should have some more lighter boards that are more like a shooting gallery. I, I really think the game's rule set allows for a lot of interesting combinations. And I love people like Imperial Terrain John, who's kind of forging the way on that because he is doing some of those things I just mentioned that, you know, have, haven't been seen yet. I can't wait. I Terrain is one of my favorite parts of playing these games. Um, something that I like to do is make terrain stuff. So I, I'm hoping to be inspired as a TO and as a terrain maker when I see the terrain setups there, most certainly, Matt, definitely. And, and maybe learn from it Maybe as a terrain creator and a TO where it's like, how can I improve? You know, how can I change my terrain up and stuff? Because these major cons, that's where the cool terrain really shows up, it seems. Oh, yeah. And at PAX, you know, John from Pure Terrain came up, brought terrain, got to talk to him. I bought a bunch of his files. I printed a bunch of stuff. And one of the things that he did that I thought was fantastic was he just asked all the players for kind of feedback on the tables. Like, hey, what worked? What didn't that's work? Fantastic. And I've been doing the same thing. I, I helped. I brought Terrain to an event this weekend. I quite literally walked up and down and said, hey, at the end of the event, I want everyone to come to me and tell me what worked, what didn't work. And I found some things where it's like, hey, this table, you know, oh, we, you know, the ladders were all kind of weird. I'm like, oh, well, they moved. They worked. That wasn't where I, where I had intended them. So now I know I'm putting little marks to show where ladders are supposed to be. So you come up and I just at the beginning say like, hey, there should be two little like hash marks. That's where a ladder should be. If it gets moved put it there and when in doubt ask because you know things get bugged they get shuffled so i'm kind of curious to that as well but like john did that at hacks and it really encouraged me to do the same thing and realize that like there is a lot of creativity and just it's definitely fun to play with painted models and that immersion of i'm on a cool board i'm not just playing like and yes the core the core set box terrain is really neat you can do a lot of stuff with it you can yeah. paint it you can make it whatever plant there's so many planets in the star wars universe that could be from um but you can really get outside the box with some terrain i mean kevin i sent you the picture of the one that i think is uh is the i might as well just call it the kevin table but yes my imperial base it's got a landing pad with a tie fighter on it and in the middle i have a by a statue plinth with a Emperor Palpatine statue on it, and then two giant gun batteries on the other side with a walkway across them. And it is just supposed to be a like Imperial stronghold. And it's that was one of the ones that, yeah, playing this weekend, people are like, this is so cool. Like you're jumping, you're fighting around the TIE fighter. It's and then because I, you know, I play the game at a reasonably competitive level, I'm both mixing functionality with aesthetics. Yes. Um, and like looking at the TTS maps, some of them are beautiful. And these people who did it put a lot of time in and they're great and good for them to contribute to the community. Some of the maps just don't work great for competitive play. And that's why kind of, again, I'm curious to see what if AMG kind of subtly gives us any indication of what they think a table should look like for, you know, density of terrain, number of levels, number of ingress points. So I'm curious. Um, it's, you know, kind of Jesse, same thing. You know, you're as a TO and terrain 
enthusiast point of view. It's going to be something I'll be looking at the whole weekend, just documenting mentally. No, well said. Yeah, it's something we can all grow as not even just people who want to run tournaments or make terrain for your local community, but even as just players that are maybe teaching the local community or, or maybe help setting up terrain a little bit at our local shop. We can all learn from the way these first cons of the year are done through terrain. What AMG dubs legal, as you said, Matt, but all, additionally, ways we can get creative, right? So I'm really looking forward to that. I think Star Wars is one of the coolest, if not the coolest, like terrain-centric vistas, like in gaming, right? For sure. I mean, obviously, the variability is there. The variety, the topography is insane. The place you can go with it. So we've always got to keep an eye out, right? And kind of rising tide lifts all ships, right? I think we can all learn how to get better with terrain in this game because I'm still convinced that Shatterpoint is the best game to utilize terrain possibly ever at this point, especially skirmish games. And the verticality paired with the theme, paired with the way Shatterpoint works, the objective system, I think we're going to continue to get better and better and better with that. So for sure. But closing out that conversation on terrain and the premier event. So there will be a top cut for the premier event, the final day. I'm hoping that it is full of hello there community members. And and I hope you guys are in there. I really think you guys could bring it home the whole way. But even if we don't make the top cut, the top eight, there is one final event of the weekend, Star Wars Shatterpoint Best Buds. So Kevin, what were your thoughts on this event when this was revealed? My thought was, thank God there's an insurance policy. If I don't make top cut, I can still play something. Same. That's exactly what I thought. I, I picked up a ticket immediately for it. I was like, I don't even need to get a refund if I do make Top Cut. I don't care. I'm just glad that there is something in the event that does not happen. So really excited that that's going on. Yeah, and I don't know what you guys take on this, is, but when I read this, this really read to me, Kevin, as like an affiliation battle event in Marvel Christ Protocol. Yep. Honestly, this could be the most thematic Star Wars canon event of the entire weekend, right? I would I love think that. that's really where cool. it is just, yeah, where you are just forced to, your squad, your two squads are, it has to be thematic, right? Nobody out of faction, out of affiliation tags. That's the word. Everyone has to have the same unit tag. Like that, that would be great. I think that'd be a great way to close it out um, in just a truly thematic, fun way. To Matt's point earlier, Matt, I'm not sure, but maybe outside of an all bounty hunters list, maybe bounty hunters don't work in this format, right? Because they wouldn't have enough of the same tag to fill the list requirements. Time will tell on how this is actually going to work. Yeah, I mean, unless the Hondo box comes out beforehand, I don't, it's, probably not going to work out um i mean can't you don't have a second primary um you know you've got obviously like bausch leia comes in as an extra one but um no i mean i i I think it's going to be exactly like it's nice to have another event this is going to be for me kind of just i'm going to aim casual i'm going to try to have fun Uh, i can tell you going in unless i will almost exclusively be trying to force the uh I guess Ewok, but realistically Endor list as we, as you guys, uh, you know, Jesse, you and Amon pointed <laughs> out before, cause obviously Leia's on an Ewok and I'm sure it's not going to go with you know, her trait that allows everybody to count, um, they'll, you know, rebel to be Ewok and vice versa. I don't think they'll let that take effect, but all these people have Endor. Um, I, I will probably go with that, even if it's something I haven't gotten testing in, cause it's, to me, this is just going to be have fun, be thematic, end the weekend on a cool note. If I wind up going in and playing Ewoks, I literally have an Ewok t-shirt I will be wearing with my Ewoks. I will be in a bright yellow. It's Smokey the Bear, but it's Paplu, and it says only you can prevent forest fires. Um, Amazing. I will be wearing that playing Ewoks on Sunday 
assuming they are all Endor and I can make them fit or all Ewoks. So, well, maybe you and I will play each other around one of that, Matt, and I will slaughter your Care Bears with your <laughs> Empire. Because <laughs> that'll be the event that I take uh, Grand Inquisitor, Sister, Sister, and then Vader. Someone's eating that night. Someone's not firing Ewoks, right? It's in. Uh, it's great. This event is going to be an amazing way to finish the weekend because it is going to be this thematic tag event. We're going to see a lot of thematic squads and, and you know, quite frankly, a lot of probably fair Shatterpoint. Not that Shatterpoint's unfair, but the fact that, you know, you're kind of building within the confines of your tag, you know, it, it's leaning into theme, but it's also leaning into like the design of that tag. And I'm really interested the way this one's going to go. And, you know, once again, it's a 32-player team event that's that's sold out. Guys, this is looking like the most amazing weekend ever. One of the neat things that I think AMG did across the board and what is going to make these, especially the non-rated events, even better is the prize wall structure giving you five tickets just for playing the game and only one extra for winning it keeps that, you know, uh, otherwise, I, I would just see like this best buds event being a lot of people like, great, separatists are really strong. I'm just going to run separatists. I want to win as many games as possible, but it doesn't matter, right? You, you get, yeah. you barely, it's a three round event. So, person who goes three and oh only winds up with three more tickets, and the person who goes oh and three. Yeah. You know, I, I love that because it doesn't put any pressure on, obviously, yeah, right. I want to play a good game. I want to do the best I can. I want to have fun, but it's just, it's nice. It's nice to not feel like, I have to try to win. I can just try to make something work. I can test myself a little bit and play something that's outside my box or not as good. You know, I, I think you're going to, I'd love to see a lot of Republic at this because for sure, you know, Republic you know, gets a little bit of the bad rap because especially of the supports. And I'd love to see just, you know, look, have fun. That's what we're here to do. Play what you love, play, play what, you know, fits into your favorite Star Wars theme. I absolutely agree. I am very torn on this event if I'm going to play. Rebel Alliance slash Ewoks or Indoor, more particularly, or Republic, right? So time will tell when we see the document. But as you said, Matt, it's a perfect opportunity to really play maybe even something you really haven't played that much and just say, you know what? I got a three-round tournament I'm playing, you know, Indoor Rebels in, right? For the first time or something, right? That's a perfect time to try that, learn from it, have fun, and just have a thematic list out on the table against another thematic list every time you play your opponent. So, and like you said, more tickets at the end of the con is going to be a great thing because this prize wall, guys, is going to be awesome. Yeah, I can't even begin to describe my excitement when it comes to this. And I know nothing that's going to be on it. I just know that I saw tickets. I saw five for participating. That's why I signed up for everything. So I, I'm walking away with some good stuff. There's part of me that wants to have them show us the prize wall ahead of time. And then part of me wants to be that kid on Christmas morning. And when the con opens... You know, when the official hall opens Thursday morning, I want to run to the AMG booth to just stare at the prize wall and drool a little bit. That's so, so I'm in that tour and like, part, you know, the planner in me is like, well, I want to know, like, I want to, I want to know on the flight out, like, I want to aim for X, this many tickets because I want to get this thing to bring home with me. And I also just want to kind of run through the hall Thursday morning and go find the prize wall and stare at it. So it's going to be so exciting. There's also a strong chance we're going to get a bunch of new promos for the game, you know, which we've had very few for the game so far. We've had the the initial league kits, right, which had the hollows and stuff, which is fantastic. I play with that holographic shadow point every game, but it's like if we get some alt, there's potential for alt arts, there's potential for other things like that. 
I know last year in Marvel Christ Protocol, a lot of people that I know that personally went, walked away from the AMG prize ball with a lot of Marvel Crisis Protocol terrain models. And then uh, as Amon mentioned in the episode prior about Epticon of this, there's potential to have Star Wars large size prizes and stuff like that too. So we've kind of got this whole gambit of options that I think we're going to like all of it, you know, all the way from down to a simple promo alt art to all the way up to maybe a potential big Star Wars prize or a Shatterpoint related product. Very excited. And I have a similar sentiment, Matt. I think I'm just going to take a good look at that prize wall day one. I'm hoping for some custom dice. I'm a sucker for dice in any game system. Same. So something like that, that'll be enough. Maybe I'll just grab 20 packs of those. Who knows? <laughs> Having seen what MCP did and seeing the custom, like the terrain, the terrain side of me, like I would love it if I came home with a piece of terrain that inspired me to build a board around it because then not only do i have something I'm like man like i went and won this it's kind of a cool story it's yeah. but it might just inspire something new that's what i'd love to say something something like that would be fantastic i, I couldn't agree more time will tell guys <laughs> once again we got to see the way this goes and i think you know now we're at the end of the con and what's crazy is this whole time we're going to be playing through this league kit as well this league so the one with the Force League, maybe you can pick a couple more games at the end of Sunday if you want to, things like that. Um, after this only three-round Best Buds tag event is over, and then that'll be it. That'll be the con. So, I mean, I think we'll be just super exhausted by this point. I didn't even mention, you know, it's our intention to do a Hello There Hangout on one of the nights. So many good things. Okay, the whole convention is going to be a Hello There Hangout, so uh, uh, let's uh, just absolutely. get that out of the way now. Yeah, pretty excited. I think that's going to be one of the coolest things is just, you know, kind of like putting names with faces. It just, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, I had a ton of time to talk and play games with Kevin and prep for packs. He was, uh, he helped me sharpen as much as possible, which was neat outside of the normal people I play in my community. I tend to find like your local play group tends to get used to a lot of the same play actions and moves and, right. and combinations. Just because and play styles, because you just you play with the same people so often. So it was great to be able to just grab somebody from the community and say, hey, let's just play some games outside of the league where we're not necessarily as we're still trying to play competitive and learn, but it's not a rated game. It's just here to get better. Um, so putting names of facing gonna be great. And I know you guys had mentioned potentially doing some kind of maybe like a hello there. Um, besides the hangout, like a shirt or something, or like some kind of something like that would be cool. I think just any chance for you and Amon to really further, you know, build upon the community we already have, but then you know, convert more people. This to me, it feels like both a you know hangout and meet the people we already know. But how many new people? I'd be really curious to see the the next like two or three episodes post Adepticon how many new patrons you guys are welcoming. I hope yep. it's a ton. Like that's what, that would be really neat as well. That um, would be incredible. But even if it's not patrons, if new listeners find us in the game through Adepticon, right? New people are walking by our halls. We're all playing, having a blast, playing some of these events. Maybe that team event really stands out, right? Some team spirit stuff. People come over, see what's going on. Say, what's this game? You know, or, oh, I'd heard of Shatterpoint, but I never see it played. And then they're hooked, you know? And, and, then, and then from that point on, they join the community at large and we continue to grow because you know we're not even a year out from our game and i i feel like our game is 
doing so well, so fantastic on a casual competitive front and just like the talk around the game and the the, the hobby discussions happening everywhere. Because I know a lot of people that are even painting this game that have yet to play in a lot of premier hobby circles. And obviously the game's going to grow after Adepticon, right? There's no way it can't because something we haven't even mentioned yet in this episode and something I assume AMG will do because they've done in the past with MCP and I hope they'll do but quite frequently for AMG, Adepticon is another weekend where they announce new things coming for the game or they announce at least release dates of new of boxes coming to the game and stuff. So once again, there's going to be a lot of excitement around the game outside of all these tournaments, which is saying a lot. That's a great point. I didn't even think about that. Obviously, look at Adepticon last year, what got shown and yeah, didn't even think about it. I was so excited for all these great events and everything going on that I just completely glazed over that. This is where Shatterpoint basically got its origins last year. Yeah, who knows what they'll show us, right? They may actually give us release dates and stuff or stuff they've already kind of hinted at or revealed, or maybe they'll go to the next level and announce some new boxes. That would be fantastic. One thing, would if you and Amon thought at all about doing, even recording like a 20-minute segment from Adepticon, just even if it's, I guess the audio quality would be tough, right? Because you guys do such a great job with the quality of the recording and the editing. I don't know how feasible that is. Jesse, just drive all your equipment in. Yeah. And to hello there to people in the hall. It's fine. <laughs> you know, it's not out of the conversation always because I think the toughest part is going to be finding time and of course our equipment. But additionally, I think we're going to be hanging out and having so much fun that it's going to be tough. But yeah, I mean, if we can get something, even if it's just on the ground, kind of reporting for the discord and stuff right we're going to do our very best to do it and absolutely we're going to have adepticon related podcasts that cover not only our our time there but additionally our competitive battle reports from the events we did participate in i mean obviously like you know we've talked about going to these bigger conventions before but the thing that's going to be like the biggest learning experience between the three of us is obviously this is going to be for you jesse you know going to this as a content creator and is I'd be curious your takeaway at the end and how your experience is because I feel like you're going to be in a position where you and Amon are going to have random people who you've certainly never talked with, met, or anything just walk up and start talking to you. So that both could get overwhelming. Like you and Amon are going to have the extra hurdle and not obviously in a bad way, right? It's great that people want to talk to you, but no, it's- you're going to have to find those rest times between, frankly, being the like Shatterpoint celebrities of sort in this community so um extra luck to you guys on that one well you're too kind there but i will say i've experienced similar things that you're talking about i know amon of course certainly has especially in his underworld circles being the world champion and all it is taxing on a different level because you are there as a player while being there as a consecrator for the community, which is obviously my first and most important hat for me is being there for the community and a content creator and then me as a player second. So yeah, you do need to steal away sometimes just to kind of reset and kind of reset your brain for both sides because you're kind of running two sides of your brain at once. But I wouldn't have any other way, to be honest. I mean, it's why I did this again, right? <laughs> After <laughs> enjoying it so much for Marvel Christ Protocol. And, you know, shout out to the people that did actually come up to me and Amon at WTC, the World Team Championship for Marvel Crash Protocol in Denmark, we had people the entire weekend just finding us and saying they really enjoyed you know, Shatterpoint, they really enjoyed Hello There, and it was so cool that they would just see us and they would know. 
and come talk to us. And we had some amazing conversations with people from all across the world at that event, which was a Marvel event, right? It was not a Shatterpoint event. So I definitely think we're going to find some people that love Shatterpoint and would like to talk about Star Wars and stuff at this event because we're going to be there in a Star Wars context this time. And I think we're all there because we love Star Wars and Shatterpoint. So I'm happy to talk Star Wars and Shatterpoint to anyone that wants to talk to me at this event. Don't hesitate to reach out to me and Amon if you see us there. Just probably not during the middle of your match on, no, on Saturday. Everybody that listens to this, disrupt Jesse and Amon all weekend, break their concentration, make it easier for us. You know, the team event's going to be lax though, right? Oh, yeah. And how good everybody's team spirit wear is. I mean, I, I could see some interruptions happening, but hopefully they, oh, they happen oh, yes. after it's games, happen. right? People yeah, are going to watch. I'm going to interrupt you mid-game. They'll at least like turn and pose, right? During your game or something, maybe, right? I'm just going <laughs> to yell quotes at you. Oh, I, I do like that. The concept of uh, we're probably going to see each other in these events, guys. We're probably going to play, you know, unfortunately. Oh, it's bound to happen. Just, oh, please not round one of Saturday. Just please not round one. That's really all I can, we can ask, right? After that, all bets are off. I'm curious with the team event, if they're going to give us extra round time. And more because that you now have to converse with another person to make decisions. So naturally, you're decision-making and your play is going to take a little bit longer. I'm actually I'm just thinking about that now with like talking about, you know, obviously you you getting interrupted is a whole different thing by people coming up and talking to you. But, you know, that's going to be an extra kind of added layer of time involved. So I'd be curious if they do that. I'm not sure. Yeah, time will tell. We'll, we'll definitely see if they did. They, in the past, at some Marvel events, they have added a little bit more time on the team events because of the nature of the beast of set up quite honestly with four people right so i could see that being the case um i don't know i'm looking through it now it doesn't say how many rounds it is my guess is probably four i think it is uh, i think you play every i think it's just play, play every possible pairing which would be four rounds yeah and it's the events from eight to eight so four rounds 12 hours probably have a little extra time i hope so one thing with that and like not to digress too much but kevin obviously like you're playing with somebody you've never met in person, right? You and Brady have never met. I'm in the same boat with with Matt. I know we're trying to get some games in together, just even to learn each other's play style a little bit, just because I think that'll help day of synergy. Because you know, Matt might say, "Oh, I'm I'm an aggressive guy. I just want to run forward, hit stuff." It's like cool. Like then we'll not only will we build lists to complement our style, but also you know, there's going to be some amount of kind of conversation that has to happen. And if you're even in any way familiar with your with your teammate and how they want to play and how they want to make decisions, I think it'll make things a lot better for anybody else who's kind of pairing up with somebody who they've met through this community who don't you haven't necessarily played a bunch of games with. I think that's going to be kind of something helpful for people. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think in this particular example, I have been fortunate enough that Brady and I started talking a lot and got really close very early on probably back in like spring or summer or whenever uh, we were still, you know, the, the community was still growing before the game released. So we've gotten to hang out a lot, you know, talk and, and, and whatnot. So I feel like that that definitely helps. We've gotten to know each other over the last, you know, six or so months. So there's a little bit of an advantage there, I will say, because I'm not going in as blind as maybe other people who are just getting acquainted. Um, but this is still such a great opportunity. Even the people who are going to show up and because there's probably people who realistically got a ticket and maybe unfortunately this might happen i don't want it to but like if somebody last minute can't make it for this reason or that reason and yeah, then maybe travel. somebody doesn't have a partner yet yeah, travel complications right obviously we don't want that to happen for anybody but if it did um then maybe you get paired with somebody last minute the great thing is i 
I really do feel like the community here in Shatterpoint, and not just hello there, but this game in general, has been so gracious and so kind and welcoming. Even some of the other online leagues that we've been a part of, you know, the East Americas, West Americas ones, getting to meet people overseas. The community has been so great as a whole. So I think it's an exciting opportunity, even if you're going in and you're going to meet your opponent for the first time at the event, or not your opponent, your partner, you know, for the first time, I think you're going to have a good time. And it's going to be interesting to see how those uh, different personalities, like you said, mesh. Maybe you have a player who's more aggressive. You have a player who likes to play more control. Maybe both people are hyper aggressive. That's going to be a wild ride. Yeah, I'm eager to see what those combinations are going to look like. I agree. I can't wait, guys. I think the team event's going to be the thing that we're saying might be the most fun. And even with that thought process we have right now, it's going to shock us, right? How fun it's going to be. Yeah, it's absolutely the one I'm most excited for. And I'm excited for everything, but this one in particular, oh man, I'm excited for, you know, open gaming on Wednesday or painting models, depending on what comes out that week. So... (laughs) Painting new new models, yeah, potentially. A good time either way. I think one thing I wanted to mention too was um, this is extra special for me because at this point, and I think I mentioned this to each of you, and I probably told this to everybody I played with at some point, I have yet to play in person. Um, And at this point, it's been so long now that I kind of want my very first in-person experience to be the convention. So now I'm just waiting. I love that. And to clarify that, you played more, if not most, than most players in this game online. So yes, the fact that you have not played in person is more of a testament to that combination you're kind of mentioning, right? Which is Kevin has played so much online. You know, Kevin's one of the leading Vader players out there on the online community along Shanks, for instance, right? And then you're saying that, yeah, save it for Adepticon. That's pretty cool if it does end up happening that way. It ha- at this point, it's been so long. I kind of it has to. There's I can't I can't do anything else in person. I have to just wait. It's been so many months already. So. Yeah, we'll just break it in there and see how it goes. The question I have is, how do I sign up for the lottery to be your game 1 p.m. on Wednesday? Like, how how do I get on the wait list? Is it going to be random? Is it going to be like wrestling Uh, in the parking lot to get to play your first game with you? Oh, my God. I hadn't even considered. Who's my first one? Mm, Exactly. Yeah, get in the queue to meet the emperor. Oh, God. Kevin, if you weren't nervous and stressed out before, I am. Okay. You have to figure out who it from the community is going to be your first in-person game of Shatterpoint. I was not prepared for this. Um, thanks for giving me that to worry about. Yeah, I was your first game, right? Of Shatterpoint, period, yes. It was okay. the start of the league, the very first right. preseason Hello There League, and my very first game ever online. We all were very new, and it was Kevin's first so game So, Jesse, you're going to fly up early on Wednesday so you can bring this full circle? I can do my very best. I'll do what I must. Yeah, the circle's now complete, right? I think that's exactly what it is because you handedly beat me in our very first Shatterpoint game. So now I have to absolutely obliterate you. <laughs> there it is. Just physically, mentally, and spiritually. Revenge. You must have your revenge. revenge. We'll, yeah. we'll check. We'll channel Lamont who's not here. Exactly. Absolutely. Let's talk about this, Kevin. We'll figure this out. Let's see if we can make this happen. And it'd be awesome to get it like your first in-person games on Wednesday, like you said before. Everything starts on Thursday, obviously. Well, I told you guys I'm bringing all my models. I'm bringing a mat and I'm bringing terrain. So I'm ready to have at least one table set up and ready just for some open gaming. Whoever wants to take part. I love that. Let's do it. Let's figure it out. All right. It's solidified here. So we will make it happen. I'm really looking forward to this event, guys. And I really appreciate you guys' time being on here with us. I think it'd be really fun to like pick up after Adepticon and talk with you guys, see how everything went, whether it's on the private frame or the Canon Cantina in some facet of 
basically talking about what went the way we thought, what didn't go the way we thought, you know, what was some pros and cons. And I can't wait to hear Amon's thoughts on all this after the event as well, because we talked about this where it's like splitting your time between two games and then as a content creator as well. It's there's a lot, right? And Amon and I will be doing some version of that for our games and our content creator meet and greet type stuff as you guys mentioned. So I can't really wait, but at the same time, so much to prep. So much to prep. All good problems. Paint more minis. Paint more minis. Get those Ewoks table ready. That's the final goal. Get them prepped for slaughter. Can't wait. (laughs) Absolutely. Of course, Hello There is supported by our wonderful patrons like Kevin and Matt here. You can become a Hello There patron by going to patreon.com slash Hello There cast. When you join the Patreon, you immediately get instant access added into the Discord. You can really jump into the Discord leagues where we... Honestly, I've all formed these amazing relationships because we're all playing each other on a weekly basis when the weeks are in full swing, we're getting to know each other, getting pick up games. But on top of that, so many conversations that are not league centric, you know, Star Wars conversations, terrain conversations, off topic conversations, video game conversations, the list goes on and on. So please join us in the Hello There Patron Discord. Of course, you can also find us everywhere online at the same place at Hello There Cast. That's X, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. And you can email us at hellotherecast at gmail.com if you need to reach out to us via email. Leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice, most notably Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you can give us five stars, it means a lot. We are creeping up on Apple Podcasts. It's catching up to Spotify, and it really means a lot to us. We have to thank Low Feel for the show's music. And you can find me and Amon a couple places online. You can find me, Jesse, on X, Instagram, Longshanks, and Discord. At Jesse Aiken. Yes, both my names people misspell. The first is Jesse, J E S S E. Last name is Aiken with an E, E A K I N. And you can check out my show, Fury's Finest, about everything Marvel Christ Protocol in the Marvel Universe. Big year for Fury's Finest because turns out AMG is doing a lot for Marvel this year. Additionally, you can find Amon on all social media at A Man Who Games and everywhere on Longshanks and other places on social media at Amon Kusro. Amon also does a podcast about Warhammer Underworld's Path to Glory and is the Warhammer Underworld's world champion. So you should definitely check out his Warhammer Underworld's content. Starting with Sith Emperor Kevin, where can everyone find you, Kevin? Not too many places, actually, but you can find me on Discord. Uh, just under Kevin C, you find me in the Hello There Discord or any of the Shatterpoints TTS Discords. That's probably where I am mostly that definitely reach out to us when we're all at adepticon because i think there's gonna be a lot of coordinating via discord right so don't hesitate to reach out to us matt where can everyone find you i'm in the hello there discord as daimyo matt and otherwise i'm on Longshanks and discord as matt c or barrel b-e-r-r-a-l it's a weird gaming name that has stuck with me since long time ago so i love to hear people's like monikers and names where they got them it's, it's just very cool <laughs> yeah completely random and has stuck for almost 20 years have to love that well once again i really appreciate you guys joining me on the show it's really fun to do our first producers round table hopefully we do more of these in the future and thank you guys for your time absolutely thanks for having me thanks for having us here and i'm very excited to go on this adepticon journey with the both of you and i know man is as well when i speak for him and i say that and we're gonna get some quality hangs but also we're gonna go on this shatterpoint journey together as turns out we're in all these events (laughs) so we're all gonna have something to say and learn when we get out of this and we're all going to come out having a lot of fun star wars experiences and i just cannot wait but until next time thanks for listening and may the force be with you
fellow uncivilized.